That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. On this show, I have talked at length about the importance of eating enough protein, but sometimes eating protein throughout the day can be a challenge. However, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts and is the perfect addition to your day. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, over 10% of your daily value. It's one of the highest protein nuts out there. But that's not all. Pistachios are also known for their fiber and better for you unsaturated fats, which we all need in our diet. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on your summer adventures. So whether you're dropping off the kids or running between meetings, fuel up with a healthy and tasty snack. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome to Balance Black Girl, a podcast dedicated to mental, physical, and emotional health from the Black woman's perspective. Tune in to hear from Black woman health and wellness experts giving the approachable advice you need to help you feel your best. I'm your host, Lestrandra Alfred. Let's dive in. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. My name is Les. I am your host. And today's episode is going to be a little different than what you may be used to hearing if you normally listen to our interviews. It's a bonus episode. I'm going to be doing a solo, which I do on occasion, and it's just going to be you and me chatting today. I wanted to share a little bit more about my personal wellness journey. I realized that throughout the two years that I've been doing this podcast and six years that I've been creating wellness content, I haven't actually talked that much about my own relationship with wellness and how my wellness has evolved over time. I've shared aspects of my story, and I realize a lot of my story that I've shared, it's kind of like reading my LinkedIn profile. I've talked about my corporate work. I've talked about my work creating this platform. I've talked about my work as a personal trainer, but I'm really wanting to push myself to describe myself beyond just what I do, to find value in who I am and to find value in my story and my experiences. And we're going to talk quite a bit about that today. 
So if you haven't already, go grab a glass of water, maybe a cup of tea, and let's hang out for a bit and talk all things wellness. So my wellness journey has been pretty long. (laughs) It's important when telling the story of my wellness journey, talking about how fortunate I was to have really positive experiences and influences in my early years, which I'm very, very grateful for. At a young age, I remember going to the health food stores and the natural grocery stores with my dad and with my granny and buying good ingredients for things and learning about vitamins and supplements at a young age. Not saying that that's the end all be all for wellness, but it did create a foundation of some of those things being normalized and me starting to have language and exposure and understanding of those things at a really young age. I first dabbled in wellness as a teen. I was a book and magazine obsessed young one. I had a subscription to every magazine that you could think of because I just loved it, loved consuming the content. This was back in the day. So the internet was around, but it wasn't like it is now. Magazines were where we got all of our information. And I remember just reading magazines that would have workouts in them and and trying them in the basement of my parents' house because why not? But I do remember when I was about 14, finding a book that my dad bought. And I'm 100% sure he bought this for himself, but I ended up taking it and using it for myself. And it was this book that was, I don't remember the title, it was something along the lines of an introduction to yoga, mindfulness, and meditation or something like that. And it just explained at a very high level, a little bit about the history of yoga, had some very basic yoga poses and some demonstrations of sun salutations very, very basic information about meditation and some mindfulness tips in it. I found this book in the house when I was about 14. And I just loved it, like loved the information. I would take myself through yoga flows. I would sit and I would be still and I would be quiet. I'm I'm not sure how deep my meditations were really going at that age, but it just created this sense of normalcy for me with those tools. So that even though later down the line, when I would go to yoga classes or I would go to workout classes, and even if I didn't see anybody who looked like me, I still didn't doubt that those things were for me because I was exposed to them at such a young age, which I'm so incredibly grateful for. So those are some of my earliest memories of wellness and of dabbling in the space is 
that early exposure and feeling like those were tools that were available to me, thankfully, because of the influences that I had growing up. But I feel like I can't really start talking about my wellness journey and how that began without talking a little bit about body image and what my sense of body image was like growing up. Because I think for a lot of us, particularly women, that often goes hand in hand. From a physical standpoint, I was always pretty average. I was not particularly small. I wasn't particularly big. And so especially as a child, I didn't really think too much about my body or how it looked or weight or anything like that. I I recognize how fortunate I am to feel that way because I know so many people have had very different experiences, whether it's with loved ones making comments about their bodies or being put on a diet or something at a young age. I feel really fortunate that I didn't have those experiences. And I think because I didn't have those experiences, it put me in a position to view wellness and to view my body as kind of a holistic vessel that was a lot more than how it looked. That's not always, always the case. And we're going to talk a little bit about how that changed over time. But especially as, you know, a tween going into high school, things like that just weren't quite what I was thinking about. And I remember being in high school, I think I was maybe a freshman in high school and in PE with some of my girlfriends and having a moment that felt exactly like that scene in Mean Girls. If y'all remember in Mean Girls, where the plastics are all each kind of complaining about something that they don't like about themselves. And then it pans to Lindsay Lohan's character and she's like, I have bad breath or whatever it is. She just didn't really know what to say because she just didn't really think about that. I very much had that moment. I was hanging out with some of my friends in PE class, just kind of goofing around. PE at our school was not that serious. (laughs) And they were all complaining about their bodies, which was something that I didn't fully understand because I just hadn't really thought about it. And honestly, it just was not something that was on my radar. And so they kind of turned to me like, your turn. And I just was like, I I don't know. Didn't really have a whole lot to say. However, at that moment, I realized maybe my perspective of not thinking that much about this thing, that might be abnormal. And I kind of saved that moment in the archives to remind me to also be really compassionate when I'm talking to other people to really use that time to listen and understand that we all had a unique perspective and experience there. So even though I was pretty active, the idea of weight just wasn't really something that I thought about until I got to college. When I got to college, like most people, I didn't have the best habits in terms of wellness and eating and movement. I ate pretty terribly, actually. And I don't mean terribly in the sense of foods being good or bad. I mean, I didn't feel good because of what I was consuming and because of the amounts that I was consuming. And I definitely put on some weight at that time. And it wasn't something still that I really thought too much about. I mean, I put on a decent amount of weight. I definitely 
looked different. I was definitely a lot curvier. I didn't really think it was a bad thing. In my head, I was just kind of like, well, I'm grown now. This is maybe this is just what (laughs) maybe this is just what my grown woman body looks like. But I knew that I didn't feel how I wanted to feel. So that was another moment that was kind of in the back of my head, like, hmm, maybe something that I'm doing here is not leading me to to feel the way I want to feel, but it still wasn't quite rooted in looks. Fast forward a little bit to my junior year of college, and this is where my wellness journey started to get really interesting because that was my first experience really needing to tend to my mental health. So at that time, I had several really traumatic experiences. During that time, me being in college was a very difficult time for my family. Financially, every two seconds, I thought I was going to get kicked out of college because we had no money to pay for it. And it was just each semester (laughs) was a miracle. And I knew that financially, my parents were really going through it back home. And that was a really, really stressful experience, feeling like I was kind of (laughs) living a lie while I was at school, feeling like any day the rug could get pulled out underneath me, but then also feeling a lot of guilt of knowing how bad things were back home and knowing that I was living in this bubble outside of that. So At that time, I started developing really, really severe anxiety. Also contributing to that anxiety was just a lot of social pressures. I have shared this a little bit in earlier episodes of the podcast, but when I was in college, that was when I became really, really aware of race. That was when I had some of the most traumatic, racist experiences of my life, and All of that had kind of started to pressure and surmount during that time. I had experienced my first heartbreak, which was really traumatizing. It was really humiliating. I went to a really small school where everybody was kind of in everyone's business. And I had this super dramatic falling out and this situation where I was, you know, (laughs) just really publicly humiliated. And also being the black woman in the scenario was made out to be this crazy, aggressive person that I wasn't. But again, you know, speaking of race relations, that's very much how I was perceived. And so I had all of these things going on all at once. And I was feeling a lot of anxiety. And I learned, one, what anxiety was in that moment. And two, I I started to understand how feelings of anxiety manifested for me. And for me, it happens very physically. So my hair was falling out and my appetite was gone for months and months. I started just losing weight very rapidly. Not because I was trying to restrict food in any way, but because I physically couldn't stomach it. I couldn't keep food down. I truly, for probably about five, six months, just had no appetite. And so I lost a lot of weight. My hair became very thin. I became very thin. And (laughs) I'm trying not to cry thinking about it. But I remember getting all of these compliments from people telling me how good I looked, even though I felt so sick. And I remember being like, hmm, I don't think this is good. I don't take this compliment as a good thing. And again, it was kind of one of those moments where it started to shape my idea of bodies, how bodies are perceived and, and how I treat my body. Because at that time, I wasn't eating. I wasn't sleeping. I was having 
regular panic attacks, constantly hyperventilating and, and having all of these really difficult challenges. And so that was my first experience going to therapy. I started going to therapy on campus to start talking about some of the things that I was experiencing. And it was really, really helpful for me to start understanding my feelings, start understanding, oh, I'm not dying. I'm not having a heart attack. I mean, there were so many times where I thought I'm having a heart attack right now. And it was truly just a panic attack. And I was able to identify that and understand that. But for the first time, that was also where I found power in talking about my feelings. Now, unfortunately, it would take me quite a bit more time to really lean into opening up and talking about my feelings, but that was my first ever experience with it. And so it was during that time that I realized, hmm, maybe what's also going on in my mind is also very important. Fast forward a few months after that, and I had my first quote unquote real job. So I had my first corporate internship, which was very exciting. This was a decade ago when the economy was bad the last time, even though that has now happened again. And I was super pumped to have landed this internship because most people who had that internship were usually guaranteed a job after graduation. And a decade ago, that was pretty dang hard to come by. So I started this internship thinking, cool, I have this job. I'm going to get this job after graduation and I'm just going to stay here for like 40 years, do the thing, make money. And that's it. There we go. I've got life all figured out (laughs) is what I thought. Yeah, I got to this job and it was like, wah, wah, wah. (laughs) I felt pieces of myself, pieces of my soul, just kind of dying a little bit each day. However, I knew even at the ripe old age of 20 that bills are real, like my family was going through it, that I could not continue to be a financial burden on them, particularly in school, that I had all these loans that I had just taken out. And the next spring, right after I graduated, it was going to be time to pay some stuff back. So I was like, okay, we're going to suck it up. We're here. This is where we're at. This is what we're doing. This is what we're going to do for the next like 30 years. So I thought, so let's get some some coping mechanisms to figure this out was the the kind of conversation that I had with myself. My energy was super low. And I was like, okay, is there something I can do to increase my energy? So I'm there at this job, super bored because I didn't really have a whole lot to do, just Googling stuff, Googling, how do I get more energy? How can I not feel so sleepy? And that was when I realized that what I put in my body had an impact on how I felt. I started reading these articles about exercising as a way to help you feel more energized. So I was just seeking energy at this point. So that was when I started experimenting with things. I started working out outside of an organized sport or an intramural sport or an activity, which is pretty much all I'd ever done before that. I started bringing my own lunch to work. And granted, at that time, it was what I thought was healthy, which was very much rooted in diet culture. But at that time, I just didn't know better. That was what I thought eating well was. I did start noticing changes in how I felt by being more mindful. So by actually drinking water instead of just alcohol or 
you know, even if it was these little sad lean cuisine vegetables, it was more vegetables than I normally got when I was in college and ate pizza every day. And so I started noticing that I did have a little bit more energy or that I was looking forward to trying new workout classes and that I was excited to continue trying and doing more of these things. And so by the time that internship ended and I went back to school that fall, I had the beginnings of some new habits that I was excited to continue. So I was living off campus and I had cashed in my meal plan for money basically so that I could pay my rent and tuition and got an extra job. And with that, I then started making my own food. I started going to the grocery store and and shopping for myself for the first time and discovered the world of blogs and recipes to start trying to teach myself how to cook decent food. I'd had some experience cooking. I, I was really interested in cooking at a young age, but it, you know, that was the first time that I truly was doing it all myself. Now, granted, there was still a lot going on behind the scenes. There was still a lot going on under the surface. I did not have perfectly healthy habits, but I started really having a sense of curiosity about trying new things and not being afraid to try new things, not being afraid to try new foods, not being afraid to move my body in different ways and and to take classes, even if I didn't know anybody who was going to be there, try new workouts, even if it was intimidating. And from there, it just completely snowballed. So those habits were really sewed into me during that time in early adulthood as I was finishing up college and as I went back to that super exciting job that I talked about earlier after graduation, I had those habits and and I continued to do the thing. Now, as I got deeper into that career, that was when things started to turn. That was when I realized, oh, I don't think I can be in this office and do this my whole career the way I thought that I would. And my mental health really started to suffer during that time because I felt all of this pressure. I just graduated college, had sky-high loans, was still helping my family financially with some things. And I felt all this pressure to stay and to do this work and to be in this place that I just didn't want to be in. And I felt like I I was trapped and I felt this pressure to start living a life that was really inauthentic to me. And the only parts of my day that I started enjoying were when I would exercise, when I would go to the gym and when I was cooking for myself. And unfortunately, That led me to start having a really unhealthy relationship with exercise and with food because that was just the only thing that I found any enjoyment in at that time in my life. And so then I started obsessing over it. And then I realized, okay, well, I'm a couple years into my fitness journey. And even though when I first started, I didn't really care that much about how I looked or my body or my abs, even though I I didn't really care about that when I was younger, I started to care about it a few years in because the other people that I was looking to who were in that space, well, they looked hella fit and I didn't. So if I talk about how much I like fitness and I talk about how much I like eating healthy, but I don't look how I feel I'm quote unquote supposed to look, well, then what will people think of me? And then what continued to make the relationship that I had with food and exercise challenging was me deciding to pursue a career in fitness or a side career in fitness. So I 
thought, okay, I love exercise. It gives me so much joy. I hate my job. I hate my career. Maybe if I become a personal trainer or start teaching workout classes, like the people who teach my workout classes are so happy. Maybe if I start doing that and helping people enjoy fitness the way I enjoy it, maybe I'll be happy too. So then I started studying fitness, became a certified personal trainer, fitness instructor, started teaching classes after work, started taking on clients. And then I thought, this is okay, but I'm not making any money. I'm never going to be able to leave my job doing this. People aren't really taking me seriously as a trainer. And it must be because I don't look like a trainer. It must be because I'm not fit enough. People don't want to look like me, so they don't want to work with me. So then all of that unhappiness from my professional life, my current predicament, where I was at in my life, I turned all that energy into thinking, well, if I looked more fit, then I could be in this space full time. And then I I wouldn't have to work this job and I wouldn't have to do these things that I hate doing. So it became this weird relationship where I started really resenting my body and feeling like my body was then the reason why I was unhappy in my career. And that is 100% not true. But for my young 23-year-old underdeveloped brain that was probably coming off of a little too much alcohol in college, that, that was where my brain went. And from there, things started to totally spiral. So that was when I started exercising entirely too much. I mean, I was working out for probably two hours a day on average on top of working full time, having a super long commute where I was spending two plus hours each day commuting and then teaching workout classes on top of all of that. I I (laughs) got very, very burned out. And after about a year and a half of that, finally, my body was like enough and I needed a break. I couldn't do it anymore. At that time, I was working in gyms and I was training and I was teaching classes. I couldn't physically be there anymore. I got so burned out of the gym environment. I got sick of how it made me feel. I got sick of beating myself up over not working hard enough or feeling like I didn't have a good relationship with food or I was, you know, no matter how much I worked out, I still couldn't look the way I wanted to look. And then finally I had to be like, girl, you don't actually care about that. You need guidance in your career. You need a little bit of guidance for what you want out of life. And you're putting all the pressure on what you want out of life into what your body looks like. And that's not what that's not what we're doing here. So I had that aha moment. And that was when I started realizing, okay, I think I need a little bit more balance. I quit my personal training job and just was just working my regular job, took a bit of a break from the intense, ridiculous amount of working out that I was doing. And I just started laying low and I started filling a little bit more of my free time with things that would help me get my mind centered. And it was around that time that I started writing. So I started my very first blog, The Balanced Berry, in 2014, which is how a lot of people originally met me. And I started 
experimenting more in the kitchen, being less restrictive and just creating things that I just wanted to have that felt good, that tasted good. I started writing and being really, really creative. So that was where my first blog came from. And also during that time, I had totally just taken a break from fitness. I was doing some at-home stuff. I was stretching, doing some at-home yoga stuff. And I noticed that my body totally transformed and not in the sense of weight or how it looked, but just how it felt. I was so inflamed from working out so hard and never giving myself rest and never giving myself a break that my body just kind of relaxed and I was a lot less inflamed and I just finally felt like myself again after years of having not felt like myself. Also during that time in having just a lot more space, that was when the topic of mindset came back up. Also during that time, I started listening to podcasts and I don't even remember what I was listening to back in the day. I mean, in 2014, you know, it was the game was very different back then, but I was listening to podcasts about wellness and about entrepreneurship and about mindset and about habits because I started getting really into habits. And during that time, that was when I started to realize I think I've been focusing on the wrong thing. I realized, oh, I've been focusing so much on my physical body, but there's a lot going on in my head as well. And maybe I'm not just destined to only think one way forever all the time. Maybe there's more that I could do to also open up my mind a little bit and to strengthen my mind the same way I worked so hard to strengthen my body. And that was what really introduced me to the world of personal development and self-help and realizing that even though I was raised one way or even though I had patterns or beliefs that were one thing, I could actually look so far outside of that to understand how different people started to do things. And that was what really just unlocked an entirely different world for me. That's what unlocked mindfulness. That's what unlocked my daily habits. And from there, I started to see things really, really transform. That was when I started for the first time believing in myself, which at no other point in my life... <laughs> Did I ever believe in myself to do anything? That was when I thought, maybe I can do some things. Maybe I can create things to really help other people. Maybe there is a way out of this career that I don't like. And maybe it's just by creating things. Maybe I don't have to run myself into the ground. What if I dreamt bigger? What if I thought bigger? And definitely by that time, I still had a ways to go. <laughs> I mean, honey, even today, I still have a ways to go. But it was a really big tipping point for me where I realized that focusing on my physical body, specifically in the areas of what I ate and how I worked out, was truly the tip of the iceberg and that there was so, so much more to taking care of myself. So from there, things really started rolling. And a lot of it wasn't easy. That doesn't mean that at that point, everything kind of perfectly came together because your girl was still struggling in her career. <laughs> I feel like I've just hit a stride. And, you know, I had relationships that ended and I had so many things that were going on. But that was when I realized that 
I had a lot more power over the outcomes that I just didn't realize. And it really unlocked a whole different world for me. So I'm going to pause there. There is a whole lot more to the story. However, I'm going to do it kind of Q&A style because I opened up my Instagram last week and asked y'all, what questions would you like me to answer related to my wellness journey? So I kind of want to take from that point till now, which has been about the past five years, I kind of want to answer uh, these questions to catch you up from what has happened between when I started my old blog, started chilling out on the fitness and started giving myself space to learn and expand my mind a little more till now. I want to follow kind of the Q&A portion to catch you up. So the first question I got was, did you find your purpose or your passion on your wellness journey? And to that, I would say, yes, I really, really believe I have. I am an entirely different person than I was, you know, that college junior who was having panic attacks every day 10 years ago. You know, 10 years ago when I was in that space, I was so focused on everything that was happening to me and everything that everyone else was doing to me. And I didn't fully understand the roles that I played in those situations. I didn't understand the choices that I had because, you know, when we, when you're young, you don't, in a lot of ways, you don't feel like you have choices over a lot of different things. But I did. I didn't understand accountability, but I also didn't understand that how I reacted to things was just as important as the thing itself. So I feel like now I am mentally and emotionally unrecognizable. And it's really my wellness journey that has helped with that. I, I feel like I truly found my power when I started learning how to take care of myself and I started truly stepping into that when I made that first decision to go to therapy on my college campus 10 years ago. That was truly the first step I took to learning how to take care of myself. And I'm really grateful that I realized early on when I started making shifts how big that can be. And I am so grateful to now know that a big part of my purpose is to help other people do the same. So yes, I do feel like my wellness journey really helped me uh, find my purpose. So the next question was, what has been the best advice you've received and what was your biggest shift? So this is going to sound really cliche, (laughs) But some of the best advice I received uh, was when I had the opportunity to sit down with Michelle Obama. And she, in that conversation, encouraged all of us who were in that room to trust the power of using our voices. And it has been something that is a resounding theme for me for as long as I could remember. When I was younger, I had a very hard time speaking up for myself. I was very quiet, pretty timid kid, pretty shy. And I had a really hard time speaking up for what I wanted and asking for things. I felt like every little thing that I did, anytime I would rock the boat or speak up in any way, that it was such a burden. And because I felt that way, I also started seeking out a lot of relationships, friendships, and partnerships 
that then reflected that same thing where me voicing my needs, where me asking for help, where me stating what I needed was a burden. And it just kind of reinforced that. And it caused me to not use my voice as I in ways that I think I could have and should have. And over the past few years, a big, big theme for me has been really tapping into my voice and overcoming those fears. And so hearing Michelle Obama, you know, tell a group of us that our voices are just as important as hers and that we, if we feel comfortable, can can create just as much change sharing our stories and using our voices the way she has was really, really empowering and really resonates with me because I've been doing a lot of energy work around clearing blockages, particularly in my throat chakra that have been there for since childhood. I recently had an energy reading and that was that was a big part of it is like you have had throat chakras blocked since childhood and it's time to clear them out. So that advice that she gave was always top of mind for me. And, and I'm constantly looking for ways to use my voice and speak up for myself. And it's not easy. Even as someone with a podcast who literally talks all the time, I have a very hard time coming on here by myself when I'm not interviewing someone else and when I'm not deferring to them and deflecting to them because I had a really hard time finding value in my story. And so I'm constantly pushing myself to do that. And trust, at least for now, anytime you hear me doing that, it's not very comfortable, but I'm doing it anyway. So that has been a a shift that is still shifting. So the next question is, what does wellness look like in terms of your diet? So I talked a little bit about kind of my prior relationship with food, how that had evolved over time, how it was not so great for a while and how it has become better. But, you know, it's evolved over time. Like I said, when I first became interested in wellness, a lot of it was around restriction because 10, 15 years ago, that was what the conversation was. It was always, you know, here are all the things you need to cut out. And over time, I learned what actually works best for me is figuring out ways that I can add things in, right? How can I add in new to me things or how can I make it feel like a really exciting experience? Because I love me some food, y'all. And I've been all over the map with eating, but these days I eat pretty much what I want. And because I do eat a lot of home-cooked foods, I mean, y'all, there was probably, and I'm not exaggerating, probably like an eight-year period where 90% of the food I ate was what I made myself. Part of it was a little bit of, I'm not going to lie, some restriction and control. Also, part of it was just balling on a budget. And I was on major you got food at home vibes. And so really, unless someone else was buying it, I was pretty much only eating it if I made it because that was money-wise what was happening. And so because I spent so much time cooking for myself and you know eating a lot of whole foods and things like that, I do genuinely enjoy that. But I don't have any major restrictions. Food is honestly not something that I think a ton about, which feels very freeing. And uh, yeah, I mean, I like, I like eating foods that I enjoy eating, but that I also feel good after I eat. And so finding that sweet spot is where I'm usually at. But no major restrictions. And to be honest, you know, diet and food are just not something that I think a ton about, which after spending a long time obsessing over it feels very freeing. 
The next question is, did you ever have to take prescription medication uh, before starting your wellness journey? So uh, the short answer to that is no. The only prescription medication I've ever kind of taken consistently was birth control, which I was on and off for several years. And But other than that, I have never had to take any medications for persisting health conditions. And I know that, you know, that is very individual and can be very challenging depending on what's going on and definitely encourage conversations with your doctor if you have concerns there. Okay. So the next question is, what makes you feel whole and balanced now versus what made you feel whole and balanced six years ago? And the I guess six years is how long I've been creating content in the online space. So between kind of where we left off (laughs) when I started my first blog and and started really kind of understanding a lot of different aspects of myself versus now, a lot's changed. So for sure, the biggest change is what I focus on. Again, six years ago, I was heavily focused on the physical. I thought taking care of myself began and ended with how much I worked out and what I ate which was super short-sighted because if you're going to be focused solely on the physical, I mean, at least throw rest and sleep in there, girl, but I wasn't really doing that either. So over the years, you know, I've just really started focusing more and more on what was going on with me as a holistic being. So not just my physical body, but also what was going on in my mind, understanding what my limiting beliefs are, reprogramming those limiting beliefs, reparenting myself in a lot of ways, speaking my truth more. Another thing that has really helped me feel more whole and balanced now versus something that I didn't used to do six years ago or honestly even two years ago is really letting myself feel my feelings. Like I used to try to be so tough and act like nothing bothered me and I'm too strong and I'm too, I don't cry. I don't this, I don't that. And honestly, acknowledging hurt that I have experienced in my life of saying this happened, that situation hurt you or you hurt that person or you're upset and letting myself feel it has been a huge game changer in what has helped me feel more whole and balanced than ever before. Not victimizing myself all the time, planting seeds in other areas of my life that I want to grow because exercise and what we eat is not an end-all be-all. It's not. It's cool to do. I mean, it's important, but like it's not the end of the world because you can work out all the time and eat nothing but kale and tofu and have a toxic mind that can still lead to an unhealthy mind and body. And so understanding that all of those things work together, help me feel whole and balanced. All right. I got a little, I got a little passionate there. I think that's, that's where I'm, that's where my passion's at right now, (laughs) y'all. So the next question was, what do you see as a pivotal moment? What was the hardest thing you had to overcome? So I think for me, my biggest pivotal moment was when I realized I could control how I reacted to certain situations and that how I reacted to certain situations had a lot of influence on the outcomes. I used to chronically believe that anything and everything was happening to me and everything that I did was purely a reaction to either what other people were doing and what was happening outside of me and learning 
that my reactions also hold a lot of weight has absolutely been a pivotal moment. So from 2017 to 2019, I was really going through it. And I wouldn't say that, you know, magically 2020 is any better because we all know how 2020 have gone. But specifically during those years, I had a lot going on. I had personal health scares that were really scary. In 2018, was laid off from my job that I was working at at the time, which led me to try full-time entrepreneurship. And the avenue that I pursued at that time just wasn't it. I blew a lot of money, blew through my savings. I ended up taking the first job I could, which was on one hand, opened up a lot of doors for me, but on the other hand was really, really hard because I just had an incredibly toxic work environment that I think a lot of us, particularly black women, have felt before. I mean, I was at a company where I was the only black woman in the company, y'all. Okay. Like, let's just marinate on that for a second. And it just wasn't a safe space for me. And it also didn't pay me a fully living wage. I had enough money to pay my rent each month. And that was quite literally it. (laughs) And at that time, I was hustling a lot and I was creating a lot of sponsored social media content purely so that I could have things. Purely so that I could have groceries or I would do supplement promoted things so that I would have something to blend and eat. Because at that time, that job, I I, truly it was rent and that was it. And I had blown my savings because I was trying to be a full time entrepreneur and that didn't quite work out. So that was a little that was a little challenging. Also, during that time, I lost both of my grandmothers whom I was close to, both of whom were very significant figures in my life. And I had a a long-term relationship that I thought was going to be the one end up not be the one. So I had all those things happen one after another within a, a, say, 22-month period of time. And again, I don't think... I don't think that that's something that I overcame. I think all of those things were life. I think all of those things were life happening. And I even feel a little bit of insecurity talking about that because I think, girl, okay, that's what you've been through, but people have been through so much worse and people have been through so much harder. However, that's just my truth up until this point. And those were things that that happened, but those are also things that happen to all of us. And I think having so many things that were difficult to work through thrown at me all at once, that was when I really learned how to truly take care of myself on the inside. Because even though a few years before that, I had started focusing more on balance, I'd started focusing more on personal development, it wasn't my first go round with therapy, I was still doing all of those things with the hopes to fix myself. And the past two years when I was really going through it with all of these obstacles and traumatic events one by one, almost when I learned, it was like, no, you're not doing these things to fix yourself. You're doing these things because these are tools that are helping you take care of yourself, right? So I learned that when I was going through those things, it's not something that I overcome, but it's just something that I, that I learn how to take care of myself through, And I learned that I couldn't exercise it away. I couldn't date it away. I couldn't run away from any of those problems. But I could run towards myself. And I could run towards 
understanding what tools I needed to get through those situations. And for me, those tools were allowing myself to sit in silence, taking things off my plate so I couldn't run from my feelings and allowing myself to cry it out and not feeling like I needed to be strong, not feeling like I needed to have a solution, having hard conversations, journaling and writing down all the things that I was too scared to voice out loud until I got the courage to say them out loud going to therapy and having safe spaces where I could talk through and process my feelings, investing in coaching where I learned how to channel my energy into better places, learning what I truly wanted so that I could better bridge the gap between where I was and where I wanted to be, creating space in my life to allow God to bless me with some better things. So I don't think I overcame, but I think I learned how to tap into what was already within me to get through what I needed to get through. And life is that way. Now I'm from the perspective of, I don't need to fix myself, but I just have tools so that when I really need them, I know how to get through some things. And I know how to get through some things by taking care of myself and not beating myself up. So I would say, you know, that has, that's been what's most pivotal for me and where I think I've noticed kind of the biggest change in myself and in how I approach wellness. And our last question here is around the importance of building community and the impact that community has had on my journey. So I would say community is everything. And I think part of what has made 2020 so challenging is that we are having to reimagine what community is. I know for me, I came to the online space because I was seeking community. And just a little background, my friends at the time were not really into that. I did have a few girlfriends who were active and we would maybe take a class together, go to the gym together, but it wasn't from a very healthy place. It it was because folks, frankly, just wanted to lose weight or be skinny or whatever that means. And like I said, for me at that time, it just wasn't really about that. It was about energy. It was about longevity. And so I went online to find people who were interested in what I was interested in, which led me to use social media differently, which led me to read blogs and then to start my blog and eventually start this podcast. And when I would read blogs and listen to podcasts, I I finally felt like, oh, I have people who I could look up to, right? That was when I started really admiring those people who had figured out things that I felt like I was struggling to figure out, who built businesses and who I could get advice from on wellness and life. But it did bug me that I felt like I had a hard time finding people who shared my lived experience, which is why I created Balanced Black Girl in the first place, because I wanted to learn about these topics from Black women who understood a lot of the things that I was going through. And I, you know, I thought others might want to as well. And apparently you do if you're listening. So thank you. So community and and seeking community has always been a big part of my journey in trying to find something that I just never really felt a fit with before. And then when I couldn't find something feeling the confidence to create it, which again, (laughs) took a lot of working up to do, uh, but to create those things that I 
you know, felt like I, I didn't quite see or that I wasn't quite resonating with what was out there. So I wanted to create something that I did resonate with. But now I do want to take that further because I'm so grateful for this podcast. I'm so grateful for the conversations here. And I, I love putting y'all on to people and to courses and to ideas, but I do still think that there is a gap between what you hear and what you practice and the act of maybe building different habits or practicing using different tools as you're on your journey, as you're evolving, that can be super isolating without community and without guidance. And so I'm really, really excited to share with you that we are going to be launching a membership community specifically for Balanced Black Girl. And it is a labor of love. (laughs) And I'm so excited to invite you to be a part of it. So guided is a wellness-focused community by our team here at Balanced Black Girl. It is a virtual wellness studio where members can go deeper with the experts we feature on Balanced Black Girl for exclusive programming. It's where you can connect with other listeners, and we will have a ton of exclusive content, interactive courses to help you implement life-changing wellness practices from those of us who get you and who see you. So it's kind of like wellness coaching that can go at your own pace with a really supportive community built in. Book Club will be coming back and it will live within the virtual studio. We'll have meetups to gather in a safe space, monthly guided meditations, journaling sessions, all of the self-care tools you need to embark on your wellness journey with guidance, support and community. We officially open the virtual doors to Guided on Black Friday. And if you want to be the first in, go to balanceblackgirl.com forward slash community to sign up for more information and to join the wait list. Community is everything. And trying to do all of this alone, being on your wellness journey alone without support and without guidance can feel so isolating. And we're here with you so that you don't have to do it alone. Again, that's balanceblackgirl.com forward slash community to sign up for the wait list. And you'll be the first to know when we open Guided, which is the virtual wellness studio and community by Balanced Black Girl. So there you have it. That's (laughs) a little more about me. It's a little more about my wellness journey and pivotal moments so far. I'm sure there will be many more pivotal moments in this life we're living and it'll evolve. And I'm sure that your wellness journey will evolve as well. So if this episode resonated with you, please let me know on Instagram, go over to our profile at Balanced Black Girl Podcast, leave a comment on our latest posts telling me about your pivotal wellness moment, because I would love to hear about it. And again, if you are ready to join a really supportive community with all of the tools, guidance, connection, resources you need for self-care, 
our special monthly meditations, wellness courses, special live interactive workshops led by your favorite guests from Balanced Black Girl Podcast. Hello. <laughs> Make sure you join our guided community. So you can go to balanceblackgirl.com forward slash community to sign up for more information so that you can be the first to know when doors open. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Thank you so much for your support, for seeing me, for tuning in, and I hope to talk to you soon. Sending you so much love. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Balanced Black Girl Podcast. I hope this conversation helped inspire you on your own personal self-care and well-being journey. To continue the conversation, make sure you check out our website at balanceblackgirl.com where you can find show notes and more information about each of our episodes. And you can stay in touch with us at Balanced Black Girl Podcast on Instagram, at Balanced Black Girl on Facebook. And if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps the show. Thanks again for tuning in and keep taking care. <laughs>